It's those end of the night talks after a couple glasses of wine, after a couple beers that you start to talk about how you could help each other. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine Podcast. My name is Matt Landry. And in this 32nd episode, we're back with Matt's Monthly. Throughout this podcast, I'm going to talk about some current projects that we're doing here at Eights, designing your business in the creative industries and building a network. We also take a look at the book, The Creative Act by Rick Rubin, and one of the greatest modern albums, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Stick around. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cloud Machine podcast. For those of you who are new to the podcast, Cloud Machine is about the music industry and its stakeholders, meaning everybody that works in it, lives it, loves it, and surrounds it. Our goal is to shine a light on roles, people, and realities of the music industry that are often forgotten or taken for granted. Whether you're someone that's dreaming about making a move in the industry, have some songs recorded and don't know what to do with them, or just a listener that wants to learn more, you're at the right place. This week, like other months on the podcast, we take uh, the opportunity to do a Matt's Monthly, which is a podcast episode that gives us the chance to talk about what we're doing here at Eights, Eights Creative, which is the company um, that sort of puts on this podcast, that produces this podcast. Um, and just give us a chance to talk about what we're thinking about, what the industry is saying, the projects that we're working on. We also give you a couple resources, um, some a, a book to check out, and an album. Um, we're soaked for this episode, and uh, can't wait to get straight into it. So before we get started, I just want to shine a light on what we've been doing at Eights and what the next little while is, is, is about to be. So during the last episode of Matt's Monthly, which happened, which was recorded in July. I hadn't been yet to River and Sky uh, with a band from Toronto called Pleasurecraft, one of my uh, favorite Toronto indie bands. And, and we, we played the festival you might have seen last week at Abio, uh, Abby Cassio, the executive director of the Cloud Machine Podcast. I was on to talk about, you know, running a festival, being the executive director of a festival, all that fun stuff, what she does in the calendar year. Uh, we talk about a bunch about Sudbury, and uh, it was a great episode. If you haven't checked it out, please go check it out. So Pleasurecraft at River and Sky Festival. For those who don't know Pleasurecraft, great band from Toronto, one of my favorites. We played on the Friday night of the festival. It was great. There was a huge fire, like huge fire. It was an upside-down tree with the roots sticking out, and they lit it on fire with gasoline and everything just as we started. And uh, that was sort of like the start of the fr- Friday night campfire stage. It was really insane. We played some like dark ambient groovy music um it was really really fun um and that 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 was great shout out to river and sky for having pleasure crafts shout out to sam lewis for having me uh, on uh, on drums for that and it's 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 been a great ride so far with with them eights has been up to some interesting stuff uh we've been doing um some more playback session stuff um we've been we just did a session for a No Disco, which is an artist from Toronto, indie uh, pop artist. Uh, we worked on his playback um, programming uh, for an upcoming show. We're also working with a band um, for their rig building for playback and also a programming situation for their upcoming tour. Can't really announce it yet, uh, but they're, 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 they're big in Toronto, rock band, um, and we're stoked to, to be able to talk a little bit about that a little bit more. And um, yeah. Again, Eights is a multifaceted company. We do, um, you know, playback, musical directing, tour directing, uh, tour designing. Uh, we're basically executive uh, producers for 
the uh, live stage in regards to touring artists and creating a live show for them and bringing a creative vision to technical and solutions-based thinking for all things in regards to setting up a tour, building out the music, building a team for you, and everything like that. So, again, we're doing a bunch of little playback things currently for some artists uh, in Toronto, and, and we love it. Talking about some artists that are currently going on tour soon, we're preparing for Elio. She is an artist from Toronto that we've been working with over the last couple of years, um, both on and off the road um, for various things, mostly touring. And uh, we're stoked to get out there back on the Inferno Tour Part 2. We're doing a Texas, three dates in te- Texas. That's uh, Austin, Houston, Dallas. Then we go to Portola, which is a festival in San Fran, and then go to the UK um, to do Manchester, Bristol, and London. Stoked for that. It's been um, some planning. There's some advancing to do, um, you know, tour um directing, um, you know, tour managing, um, some some tech stuff to do, um, of course, arrangement stuff, uh, MDing stuff for some new music that's coming out soon. Stoked to be able to share the experience of Inferno Part 2 coming up in September and October. Stay up to date on everything uh, via our socials. Last month, we spoke about dreaming in the creative industries, tips and tricks, all these things. And Actually, especially the Masterclass sort of library, the Masterclass website, which allows you to, um, to, to, to learn from some of the best in the industry in regards to uh, music, yes, but also acting, songwriting, film in general, film scoring, a bunch of different things, cooking, uh, I don't know, dance, design, chess, negotiation all these different things uh, masterclass is great go check out masterclass if you haven't checked that out uh, but last month we specifically mentioned elaine welteroth's masterclass called designing your career now on this episode of the cloud machine podcast i want to touch base again on a couple things that i still think about from elaine welteroth's masterclass The whole process of that class is to basically design your future, design your career, design what you could do and how to get to it and what to do to facilitate that path. Now, one of the first things that she teaches us is crucial to your journey in the creative industries, but also anywhere in any part of your life. It's finding your passion. One of the first things that she says, one of the first lessons in, the, in that masterclass, finding your passion and the values that go with them. Now, it's important to do that because at the end of the day, you want to be able to be happy in what you're doing. Be happy, be successful, have that drive, and this passion will sort of bring all these things together, this value-based passion. Now, to find your passion... You have to think about your story. What, the, what have you always liked? What could you do all night without necessarily thinking about it? Or what could you do all night without, not necessarily not taking breaks, but what could you do all night that wouldn't bother you? Now, that's probably sort of towards where you're, you're, you're thinking about 
or where where your where your passion is really. Um, so so she sort of focuses on that, what your passion is, and from there, what your interests are. So you know, examples. I love to listen to podcasts. I love music. I love p- talking to people. I love the live music industry. I love the recorded industry. I love branding. I love merch. I love experiences. And that's why I wanted to sort of create this this podcast under the AIDS umbrella. It's, it's really important to find your, your sort of passion, but also your interests and how they both go together and how you could sort of build a career off of that. And, of course, a lot of people think about or say that you shouldn't necessarily mess passion with your work and all these things. But if you can work in your passion and, and your interest, then why not? But it's about finding the intersectionality of your passion and the interest that you're in and what you're good at as well. Of course, what you're good at. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really into sports. I love hockey, but, you know... Not, I'm not the greatest hockey player. So, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, I wasn't going to build uh, the next NHL or I wasn't, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to f- be the founder of the next hockey stick company or whatever. Um, I chose to go music because music is what, what I was good at. So that's why my business partner, Nate Day, shout out Nate Day, and I created eights. Um, more on that a little bit later. Now, let's say you were passionate about creating an experience and caring for people. How about that? And your interests were the culinary scene. You were also into board games, and you also love animals. <laughs> How about that? Maybe somebody listening right now loves to cook, really into board games, and has a bunch of pets at home, which they love. Well, maybe you combine your passion with creating experience and caring for people with your interest and do I don't know maybe a cat cafe where you can play board games and where you teach people about owning and caring for their animals all I'm trying to say is that <laughs> is that finding your passion finding your interests there's some intersectionalities between all of them and finding something cool and great and something that you, you, you love is, is, is really key to sort of building and designing your business in the creative industries. Now, not everything, especially when you're beginning, is all about building and designing that, that business. Some things could be, you know, some things, there's some things that you have to do like gigs, jobs, and other opportunities to sort of build on that career of yours before you've develop this business idea now maybe you know maybe it's 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 for 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 this example that i've given it's it's working in the culinary scene maybe it's going to board game cafes and and just trying a bunch of things out or getting a job at this board board game cafe or you know volunteering at a pet shelter or you know just just doing a bunch of resource research and getting resources in order and getting some more experience around that industry and around these different things that you're interested in before you build and design your business in the creative industries. Now, finding how they connect is really, really important. 
and really important to your career path as well. Maybe after 20 years or so of being in the cat cafe uh, industry, you want to write a book about it. Well, there's some intersectionality there. You loved going to class or, um, you know, you, 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 you love, you also love books and publishing and, and throughout, throughout your years of, of, of collecting books, you've also uh, done some research around publishing an, uh, a novel or publishing a cookbook or things like that. There's, there's always some in, there's always some things that connect to each other. What I'm trying to say, and I know it's sort of long-winded, but that at any age even, you can find your passion, you can find what your interests are, and you can still build and design your business or just even an idea of what you'd like to do in the creative industries by finding the intersectionality of all these things. And through that, find a career path, opportunities, jobs, or just things to do through that path. Have some fun with that stuff. That's all I'm trying to say. Now, while building and designing a business in the creative industries, there's also a major need to build a network. And this is what I did with Eights. This is why the podcast is what it is. Now, I we had the idea, Nate and I, to do Eights. Um which is, you know, live music production uh, management company or executive producers in live music scene. But I still felt the need that we needed to push the community aspect of the music industry because it's all about that. It's all about the hang. Um, It's all about building uh, a community, of course, but having these conversations with artists, but also people Behind the scenes, these agents, managers, people at the work for the label, marketing people, techs, costume designers, photographers. And this is why we sort of created a conversation around what's missing in the creative industries. What do people need? What are artists thinking about? What are their experiences? Especially that last part, because experiences is what matters. Because we're not trying to push, oh, this is what we know and this is what's right. It's all about sharing experiences because this industry and all of our experiences are so subjective. Not everybody lives the same experiences. Not everybody lives the same life, especially in an industry, the music industry, that is so unexpected. Some things can change from one month to the other, one day to the other. Um, And... I just felt the need to create a network through eights through this podcast. The main goal of the podcast was to create a community. And in the creative industries, it's it's to me it's all about that. You see a lot of networking opportunities, network parties, industry events, industry galas, and it's all for one thing. It's to talk, it's to talk about um these people, but it's 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 to make connections. And of course, there's always that 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 thing that people say is that it's those end-of-the-night talks after a couple glasses of wine, after a couple beers that you start t- to talk about how you could help each other. Hey, uh, Jerry or whatever, um, you know, how could we work together to get your artist to this place? Or uh, what gear do you need to do this? Or how could I help you get your artist on this festival? Or, oh yeah, your artist could come uh, play at 
um, the the show I'm promoting or whatever. It, it really is all about that. And building a network is and should always be just number one. The word of mouth thing is crucial. The network is fundamental to success of building and designing a business, but also your own career in the creative industries. Now, for those longtime listeners of the podcast, I often ask my guests what their community was like growing up or, you know, what the importance of a network is or a community and how they've grown it or, you know, in, in what sort of environment that that they, they currently are and what they've grown up in. And, you know, every answer is different, but every answer is important. It shows how important network is and it just shows how crucial a community is to having a career and a presence in the creative industries. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the 32nd episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. We're here. We're going to talk about the book recommendation of the month. I'm holding it here in my hands. It is The Creative Act, A Way of Being by none other than the bearded man himself, Rick Rubin. Now, why would I uh, recommend this book? Now, of course, this is a creative industries slash business podcast, music business podcast. And um, this book takes you through the 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 create the, the process of of the creative process it's a how to to creative thinking now again like the last topic everyone everybody has their own subjective experience and their own take on art creativity music etc but this one sort of acts as a fact or th- this book rather so, sort of acts as a fact slash sort of guidelines on the whole creative process it's a help book to creative thinking. The Creative Act by Rick Rubin teaches you to think about your own creative process. Now, I was on a plane recently, and I took this book out and started started reading it. It was the first time I read it, and I, I read about like 80 pages in about 25 minutes because if you see here, like the font is huge. Um, the format of the book is, is very simple, large font, and there's some pages that are literally just... You know, this one sentence, you can read, you can read through it very, very quickly. And um, it makes you think. So, you know, there's some time there where, you, where you're reading the book and you're thinking about your own creative process or you're thinking about just sort of thinking about how creativity sort of lives around us at all times. In, in this one specific chapter at the very beginning of the book, uh, Rick Rubin writes about how an idea that has been, how any idea that has ever been thought of lives dis- lives despite the individual that puts it forward. Basically saying, if I ever think about something but don't act on it, the idea will still live. It'll just go on to the next person. And, you know, if the idea lives on, then why can't you act on it first? The quote is, if you have an idea you're excited about and you don't bring it to life, it's not uncommon for the idea to find its voice through another maker. This isn't because the other artist stole your idea, but because the idea's time has come. Now, this book reminds me of another thing. I, I just thought of it um, now, but it reminds me of um, Brian Eno's uh, Oblique Strategies. Um, it's a set like of um, artistic 
sort of the challenges that were that were developed, I think, in the 70s or 80s, and it sort of taught artists to think differently in the studio. It was basically prompts on a on, on pieces of like like cards, basically, that um, told artists to you know do do different things in the studio to to think about to think differently uh, in in the creative process, but to also have just different takes and creative sort of takes on the the record that they were about to do. Um, and I believe it's now an app online. Check out uh, Oblique Strategies. Just search it up on Google. Probably it'll 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 definitely show up. Um, it's and, and the sort of tie-in that I make to Brian knows Oblique Strategies and this uh, way, uh, this 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 book by Rick Rubin, The Creative Act: A Way of, of Being, is just it makes you think differently about creativity. It forces you to think differently on on, on what your what your own personal process is and how you live as a creative and an artist in this world now where can you find the creative act uh, by rick rubin uh, you can find it at amazon uh penguin random house audible.ca for the audiobook and again many like local like um like indigo or like sh- chapters if you still have those shout out to chapters um or any like local bookstore um that that could have it or that already has it. Uh, go get your copy now. And of course, I'm not. This is not like a sponsored ad. I'm not paid to to to, to mention any of these. It's just it's just a book that has been um, sort of on on my mind lately. I got it, read it. It was uh, it was really amazing. Pushed me to think differently about my creative process. And just an interesting book to read to know about how one of the most creative producers in 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 modern day history has been thinking about. The creative process. It's time to talk about Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. Following Good Kids Mad City, a huge record for West Coast rap and Kendrick himself, so much greatness was expected. And what came next was bigger than anyone could imagine. While Good Kid Mad City was a threaded story about his experience with Compton, to Pimp a Butterfly was a portrait of the black experience in America and Kendrick's personal awakening. In the wake of increased gun violence and police brutality, his album came at, a, at the perfect time and the song All Right became synonymous with the Black Lives Matter movement. Now this album's music is complex. You can find the spoken word and anthemic Kendrick Lamar while also discovering the world of jazz that he curated for, the, for this record mixed with his deep understanding of storytelling rap music. It's timeless, powerful, and great. And not great like good or great, but great like greatness in the genre and a staple for generations to come. It's like one of those records that is so good, you can only listen to it periodically. You can only listen to it couple times a year because it's so it hits you so hard you know it, it's 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 one of those records that you think about it's there but yeah it's it, it's it's almost too good to go back every day sure there's some singles like all right or king kunta or you that that you, you that you can go back to but there's nothing like listening to the record front to back. I mean, you only do that a couple times a year. If that, it's 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 so um it's a monument of 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 rap music, of black music, 
modern black music specifically. Now, at the 2016 Grammys, the album To Pimp a Butterfly got snubbed um, for album of the year. It didn't win album of the year, but it did win rap album of the year, just like many of, of, of Kendrick's other records, just like Damn um, won the year that it came out. My story with To Pimp a Butterfly, I didn't really know that much about Kendrick before the uh, Grammy um, year, year of To Pimp a Butterfly. It was the Grammy performance um, of that year that really made me get into now one of my favorite artists of all time, Kendrick Lamar. Of course, I I, I did know I did know Good Kid, Mad City. You know, I did um, you know know some of the songs from that from that record just because of radio and just because being a a teenager, late teenager in that time. Um, but it, it wasn't really until that that one Grammy performance of the To Pimp a Butterfly record, it really spoke to me. It was such an experience just watching that on the TV, and I still I still think about it. Still go watch it, um, you know, at least at least a couple times a year. Um, many say that this is one of the greatest record rap records of all time, and I agree with them. While the innovative rap slash jazz slash acoustic arrangement and production on the record is not necessarily new, to Pimp a Butterfly put it back on the pedestal that these genres deserve. It's modern black music at its core, and it's important. It's so important. It's it's it's, it's a it's a monumental record, like I've said, and you know, there's so many there's so many artists and albums that wouldn't be the same without 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 to pimp a butterfly fly by Kendrick Lamar. Another shout out um on on this podcast is is it, the next record after this called Untitled Unmastered um said to be extra songs from this record to pimp a butterfly um yet just as great as this record in my in my opinion in my opinion it's another great collection uh, of songs. Um, now the album's immediate influence was felt as a pantheon for racial empowerment. The record helped to create a respected space for conscious hip hop and will be revered, not just as one of the top albums of that year, but one of the top records of, of music listeners for decades. Jazz saxophonist Kamasi Washington that can be heard on this record said that the album changed music and we're still seeing the, the effects of it today. To Pimp a Butterfly meant that intellectually stimulating music doesn't have to live underground. Now, for me, personally, Matt Landry, this, is, like, this record is um, a turning point in my life. To Pimp a Butterfly taught me uh, that there was way more than commercial hip-hop and rap um, out there. It didn't have to be the Kanye or the Jay-Z that I was listening to on the radio or that was on a bunch of these major streaming sort of algorithms. Um, and while, you know, those artists and the songs that, and uh, the songs and albums that they, they've put out were great. Nothing spoke to me like Kendrick Lamar and, and nothing really does speak to me in that genre like Kendrick Lamar. It, 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 it really made it, it really forced me in a good way to discover the entire world of intellectual pop music that led me eventually to um, 
more of the D'Angelo stuff, the Soulquarian stuff, and 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 I could really attribute um, my hip hop rap awakening to uh, to Kendrick Lamar for that. So I invite you to, well, I invite you if you haven't to go discover Kendrick Lamar, uh, but also this record to pimp a butterfly it's available everywhere in most record stores um you could probably find it at your local record store definitely online uh i implore you to uh go check out the grammy performance of kendrick lamar's to pimp a butterfly record um go have a beautiful musical moment with kendrick lamar's to pimp a butterfly i'd like to thank you for listening uh, throughout this podcast. Um, it's been the 32nd episode of the Cloud Machine Podcast. Uh, we love seeing you interact on socials, every, everywhere from Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, go like, comment, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to keep in touch with us. Create that community. Create that village that, 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 that I've talked about throughout this podcast. It's all important because of you. And uh, you matter to us, of course. And um, not because of your views, but because of the community that you allow us to create with your views, with um, your comments, your questions, um, the, res- the reciprocal knowledge exchange um, through the Cloud Machine podcast. Um, so I thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, um, make sure to check out um, It's Creative everywhere on socials and our website. We will talk to you soon. Have a great week. Stay safe, everybody. Bye.